comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundance life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Omnipotent power of grace and mercy, we thank you today. We honor you. We bless you for the privilege to appear before you. We ask the Lord in this service, once again, visit us, bless us, touch our lives, minister to us, feed us until we are overflowing. Thank you, Spirit of God, for revelation, wisdom, and utterance. In Jesus' matchless name, in the sins of God, shouted an amen. amen. Great. What is our prophetic focus? Say it aloud. Repeat it three times. All right. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But without faith. Let's read it together one go. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Somebody say God is a rewarder. Hebrews chapter 6 and then verse number 9 to 12. Hebrews 6 verse 9 to 12. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner. Verse 10. He said, for God is not an. God is not an. To forget your. And. Which you have. In that you have. And we desire that each of you, each one of you should show the same what? Diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Verse 12. That you do not be what? Do not become what? Push your neighbor and say, don't be slothful. Say, don't be sluggish. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what? The promises. In the book of the same text, the King James Version said, that you be not slothful. That you be not what? Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be slothful. slothful. Amen? Amen. Okay, so, but be you followers of the who through faith and patience obtain or inherit promises. I'm teaching on God is a rewarder, part one. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. Four important truths stand out in the text we just read. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 and then in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10, two important truths, four actually, stand out clearly in the passage. One is the fact that God is a rewarder. Somebody say God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. There are people who used people and they damned them when they don't need them again. And I've seen a number of people like that. There are even pastors who use people. To accomplish their desire. When they are done, they throw them away. There are people who use people to build their businesses. When they have attained what they want, they throw them away. But when it comes to our God and our Father, he's not like that. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, God is not like that. God does not use people. God blesses people. He said, you shall serve the Lord and he shall bless. When you serve, God blesses. God does not use. God blesses people. And he rewards people handsomely and richly. Second Samuel chapter 22 verse 21. The, 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 the man was speaking. He says, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. May God reward you. David said, God has rewarded me according to my righteousness. In the book of Revelation 22 verse 12, he says, That behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. To give every man according as his work shall be. Say it, God is a rewarder. God God rewards people. A lot of Christians don't know that God is a rewarder. And even if they know it, they don't understand it. Because when you know you are dealing with a person who is a rewarder, you will position yourself aright to obtain the rewards. Praise God. And so when the rewards are not showing in your life, you want to find out and ask yourself, am I the cause or God is the cause? And I tell you, being blacks and being humans and being Africans, we like to quickly shift the blame. Africans are always looking for the easiest way of escape. Who can I blame? From the Garden of Eden. Adam, why did you eat it? Who can I blame? My wife. Wife, why did you eat it? Who can I blame? The serpent. Serpent, why did you deceive them? Who can I blame? God. So you see, man has been trying. You, you created me, so I am. You see, so mm, people from right from Genesis have been trying to blame one another for their stagnation and wherever they find themselves. But let me tell you, when the Bible says God is not a man, you should lie. It means that nobody has a just right to blame God for anything. Nobody. When your life is not moving forward, blame yourself, don't blame God. When marriage is not working, stop accusing God for giving you a wrong woman. He said, he that finds a wife finds a good thing. If God allowed the woman to become a wife, she's a good thing. Because God could have stopped you from marrying the person. But God allowed the marriage to be to come off, your honeymoon was not rain off. It came off. And now because some demon has entered you, and some witch is manipulating you, or your own canon nature has taken advantage over your life, you are looking for a way of escape. Canon man who doesn't want to obey God and walk with God. Because you are looking for a short route of escape. You want to blame somebody and walk out. Am I complicating somebody here? God can never be blamed for anything. He is a rewarder. He's a rewarder. Satan is a very wicked person. And Satan is, is he's a chief liar. But before God, he can be honest. <laughs> Satan once told the truth. And he told it before God. When it came to how God rewards people, Satan said, I, I know that God is a rewarder. So if Satan, the wicked man, who would like to discredit the good things God does, he can attest to the fact that God is a rewarder. Then you have become more than Satan when you accuse God and make God look like he's not a rewarder. God is an amazing rewarder. Come with me to Malachi chapter 3 and verse number. Let's see Satan's testimony because some of you have said that to me. Job 1 verse 1 to 3. Job 1 verse 1 to 3, the good news version. Job 1 verse 1 to 3. Job 1 verse 1 to 3. The good news verse. There was a man named Job living in the land of Uz who worshipped God and was faithful to him. He was a good man, careful not to do anything evil. May the grace to be careful not to walk in iniquity rest upon your life. 
to walk in holiness and to walk in righteousness, you need to be careful about some things. Some of us walk in sin simply because we are very careless. You are dating a girl and you are careless the time she comes to you and leave. No set time. She can come in at any time and leave at any time. No wonder you have been fornicating for a long time. And you are binding the devil. You are praying in tongues. You still fornicate. Because the Bible says that I keep my body and I bring it under subjection. You need to set boundaries for your life. You can't be whatsapping strange girls all the time. And at any time. As a married person. There are certain messages you can't exchange with somebody else. You can't exchange intimate, erotic messages with another lady. You say you are married. You are a joker. You are a joker, a baby who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. You may have to be trained how to use phone. Yeah, 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 because, because you simply don't know when to send the right message and to who. And if you are a baby who can send a wrong message to anybody, we have to teach you how to use phone. Careful. Now go to verse 2. Verse 2. He says, he had seven sons and three daughters. These are some of the blessings. He said, he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 1,000 head of cattle, and 500 donkeys. He also had a large number of servants and was the richest man in the east. Who say God no good? Richest man. You can be richest and still fear God. In this house, may you become rich. In the mighty name of Jesus. God, a man who feared God, became the richest. Don't be deceived. You have to be crooked to, uh, to uh, go forward. No, you don't have to be. If a man's way pleases the Lord, he maketh his enemies to be at peace with him. God has a way of making a way for people. Even in the midst of the desert, he can make a way for his people. Now verse number 6 to 10. Let's see, verse 6 to 10. When the day came for the heavenly beasts to appear before God, the Lord, Satan was there among them. This is, if you have Satan has ever told the truth, this is the place. The Lord asked him, what have you been doing? Satan answered, I've been walking here and there, roaming around the earth. You see, when you, you don't settle down to find something to do with your life, you are actually operating like the devil. Lazy people easily function as devils. If you want to look at people who are gossips, usually they are lazy people. Lazy people, they don't have anything. They are so lazy that their mouths are even lazy. So they engage in talks that do not add value to their lives. Idle. So in the book of First Timothy, was talking about, he said, the widows that are under 60, get them something doing so that they don't walk up and down, creating confusion and just gossiping. Praise God. Hallelujah. Did you notice my servant Job? He asked him. There is no one on the earth as faithful and good as he is. May that be your testimony. Amen. He worships me. Ah, yeah, yeah. And is it's careful not to do anything evil. Verse 9. Satan said, it's true. Satan replied, would Job worship you if you got nothing out of it? That's what we are talking about. God is a rewarder. So the things that Job got was out as a result of his devotion to the law. Devotion to the law. Devotion to the law. Would he, get, would he worship you if he got nothing out? Even Satan himself is wanted to promise rewards for Jesus. For worshiping. Satan, who is a, a, an evil person, he said, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you all this. So, even Satan learned from God that when people worship, people serve and people are doing something, they need to be rewarded. Satan knew that. Satan knew that. Satan knew that. 
He said, if you got nothing out of it, verse 10, he says, you have always protected him. This is one of them. That's why no matter what the enemy is doing, your life and your family is preserved. These are covenant laws that cannot be broken. When you break the law of gravity, you will fall and you will perish. Praise God. And you are breaking it, speaking in tongues. And it will still not matter. You and you die. With the tongues, you will die. Why? Because you are breaking a fundamental law that must not be broken. Praise God. He said, you have always protected him and his family. And everything he owes. You bless everything he does. And you have given him enough cattle to fill the whole country. This is Job. Satan's testimony. Not from any other. Satan himself. Send to your neighbor and say, God is a rewarder. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, and verse number 13 to 18, a group of people were speaking. A group of people were speaking. A group of people were speaking. Give me the New Living Translation. Or the message. I think the message. Let me just double check. The message. Yeah, the New Living Translation is fine. He said, you have said terrible things about me. And there are Christians who... Whose predicament is getting worse because of the things they say about God. Listen, there are people you don't speak bad about. Even when they do you bad, you don't have to speak bad. In fact, everybody deserves that. The Bible said, repay no man evil for evil. So even when people do you evil, you don't have to repay them evil for evil. And much more, there are also certain people you don't even have to. You don't try it because when you try them for them, when you try it, some, something catastrophic will happen to you. Praise God. One of them is God himself. And then men he has anointed. Am I complicating here? Men he has anointed. David lived a long life and died a glorious death because he knew he could tell that when God anointed a person, we don't treat him trivially. He knew that. If you are looking for the secret that made David, David, it was one of those secrets. You have always said terrible things about me, says the Lord. What terrible things do they say? But you say, what do you mean? But what have you said against you? Then he said, verse 14. You have said, what's the use of serving God? Okay? Read it with me. What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? Verse 15. He says, from now on, we call the arrogant blessed for those who do evil get rich and those who dare to punish. So they, are, they were simply insulting God. They say, if you say you are a good God, how come the people who are doing nothing are doing well? How come all of these people, and see, we, we are serving you uselessly. Look at these people. They are doing fine. Driving fine cars, marrying and delivering. God said, eh, those are hard things to say about me because you are trying to impute sin to my character. You are trying to impute something I don't do. Now go to verse 16. He says, then those who fear the Lord spake, spoke with each other. Let's go ahead. The Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. Uh-huh. Go ahead, verse 16. They will be my people, says the Lord. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father's spares an obedient child. Verse 18. 
He says, then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked. And between those who serve God. Listen, the difference will always be clear. The difference will always be clear. It's a matter of time. Most of the time, people don't do it enough for the difference to be clear. I have realized that one of the greatest challenges a lot of Christians have is that they are very inconsistent with what they do for God. Very inconsistent. In their prayer life, inconsistent. In their giving life, inconsistent. In their service in the house of God, inconsistent. Today is in the choir. When he comes under pressure in the work, he just uh, finds something else to do. He gives tight as long as his finances are, uh, are flowing. The moment he has a challenge, the first thing to stop doing is tightening. And when you finish all, all this tightening, it doesn't work. You see? <laughs> you are not the only person who is practicing it. So if it's not working, it can't be only you. Praise God. And some of us, by the grace of God, have done it much longer than you have. And we have seen it work again and again. God is a rewarder. Can somebody say, God is a rewarder? rewarder. How many of you will continue to pay somebody who shows up for work? Two weeks in a month. And the two weeks, you don't know, you don't hear from him. He doesn't give you any excuse and he doesn't come. He can do it for one month. Two months, you give him a query. Third month, if you're a very serious person like me, you sack him. Praise God. You sack him. You will sack him. And there are some of us, it's like we are almost sacked. When God is looking for people to reward, you are not a candidate because you are not available. The records, he said, do that fear the Lord. He's the speak and the records. God called for the record. God is a record keeper. God is a record keeper. An all-time diligent record keeper. There are people sometimes who have a difficulty that we say we tight and we have to take records and say we want to give our tight secret. God is a record keeper. He's a record keeper. He keeps record. In fact, the whole book of Numbers, a whole book, about 36 chapters, all is devoted to record keeping. Record keeping. Record of families. That's all. That's how much business minded God is. Am I communicating to somebody today? Listen. After the, this is not a series I'm finishing before the year ends. We'll just do some small introduction to it. We'll continue in the coming year. Praise God. Because you see, for everything we are doing and will continue to do, if we don't come to this frequency, we'll be wasting our time. We'll be doing it and we'll be blaming God for it. And mind you, when you blame God, your case it becomes worse. The day you complain against God, God is not, a, he's not somebody who takes a complaints lightly. He gets angry at complaints. When you read Numbers, ask the children of Israel. A whole generation, people who were 20 years and above, he killed all of them in the wilderness. Over 1 million people, he killed all of them. And the reason was that they were complaining against God. We've been serving and serving. We've been going for rehearsal. We don't see it. It's because you don't. That, in fact, that is why things are even becoming worse for you. I'm not complicating here. That's why things are becoming worse for you. Because with God, when you complain, things don't get better, they get worse. But when you appreciate him, even when things are bad, he's able to make them good. That, that, the only thing that makes God changes a person's level from zero to abundance is gratitude. Jesus had five loaves and two fish. He could have been complaining, ah, now you demand bad desert, so see, you have brought so many souls for me to preach to. And you won't give me food. Look, this uh, 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 five loaves and two fish. What will I do with them? You want to disgrace me? I thought you were a good father. 
The Bible said Jesus lifted up the few loaves and said, Father, I thank you. And then he gave it to them. As they were sharing it, they never stopped sharing. As they were sharing it, it was multiplying, 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 multiplying. They shared it and finished. And the people, they had to share it again. So they gave them over and above. They said, you want more? This was not a dinner where you three-course meal. This is a, a, a forever-course meal. As long as you can eat. They went again and again until, you know, when you give somebody too much than they need, some will fall down. So when they gave them over and above, a lot of the food was on the ground. And then when they finished, Jesus said, for you to know that Thanksgiving were gather up the fragments. And when they gathered up the fragment, listen, the fragment they gathered was more than enough to feed the 12 tribes of Israel. 12 baskets to prove that Thanksgiving is the best way to live. The best way. The best way. The best way. I, 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 I've never had any problem with God. Though. I've worked with him for about 20 years. I don't, I don't remember the last time he did something that me? No, I don't. Because he didn't give me life to be looking for what he has not done. Am I communicating? That's why, that's, what he, that's why he gave me life. He said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The reason why you have life is to praise, is not to complain. So when you use the life you have to complain, he will be reducing it. Reducing it, making it more miserable for you. And if you don't take care, you'll be denied the residue of your days. It shall not be your testimony. Amen. I said, it shall not be your testimony. I said the difference will be very clear. Amen. The scriptures we just read, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6, give me the King James again. For God is not unrighteous. To forget your work and your labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints because you have ministered. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. He said, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Somebody say he's a rewarder. Uh -huh. You see, when you read these two scriptures, there are four things that stand out. One is the fact that God is a rewarder. Somebody say God is a rewarder. Listen, the way you introduce yourself will always determine what people will bring to you. If you call yourself a carpenter, people will bring you carpentry works. If you call yourself a doctor, when people are sick, they will send you a WhatsApp. Please, my, I'm having some severe headache. What do I do about it? Why you say you are a lawyer? When people have legal matters, they come to you. A businessman, when people have business issues, they want to see how you can help them. So the way you introduce yourself really reveals a lot about you. God says, if you are coming to have a relationship with me, the first thing I want you to know about me is that I'm a rewarder. I'm what? He said, he that cometh to God must believe, one, that he is, and that he is a rewarder. Praise God. Now, do you think that God will introduce himself as a rewarder and not reward people? That would have made him a liar. But the Bible said, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. What he has said, he will do. What he has spoken, he will bring it to pass. Somebody say, God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. Number two, God is not unjust. Somebody say, God is not unjust. You see, in systematic theology, when we say God is not unjust, 
we describe it as a positional truth. I said it's what? Somebody say positional truth. When we say this is positional truth in theology, we are saying that this truth cannot change. It's forever the same. You go to the left, you come to the right, it's still the same. God is not unjust. That means you can't make God to become an unjust God. He's always just, 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 just. In the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, it said, be not deceived. God is not mock. Whatsoever a man soweth, the same he shall what? Reap. Why? Because God is not unjust. Whatever you sow, if he does not make you reap it, he becomes an unjust God. Somebody say, my God is a just God. My God is a just God. God he is not unjust. Malachi 3.16, he said, I'm the Lord. I change it not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Number three, God is not forgetful. Somebody say, God is not forgetful. God is not forgetful. Say it aloud, God is not forgetful. God is not forgetful. Uh, let's go back to Hebrews 6.10. God is not forgetful. God is not forgetful. God is not forgetful. Let's read it together. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. God is not forgetful. It can be that we are building a church, you gave cement, and God has forgotten it. No. It can be that at a time where you needed money badly, and all you have was your tithe, but you honored God and gave it out and rather sought another means to do what you needed to do and God will forget that. God does not forget it. Every act, because he doesn't want to forget, he keeps records. Praise God. He keeps records. But you know what? The best record keeper God has is the Holy Spirit because he reminds us of all things. He's all-knowing. There's nothing he doesn't know. Everything everybody is doing in this church God is aware of it. God is not unrighteous. At all. Everything God gives everybody is what they deserve. Most of the time, people want to justify, oh, and I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, and see what God has done for me. If you really know what you are talking, <laughs> you actually be asking for the mercy of God. Because God doesn't give anybody what he doesn't deserve. And me, look at the way I've lived my life. How can God bring me such a man? You see, that self-righteousness is why you have such a man. Yeah, that, 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 is, it. that is it. Somebody say, God is not forgetful. God is not forgetful. When there was a massive flood on the earth, the Bible said, God remembered Noah. And I declare unto you, God will remember you. Amen. I said, God will remember you. Amen. So when you see God bless somebody, it's a proof that God is not forgetful. God is not forgetful. Everything you are doing for God, be conscious about it. A lot of people are very lousy in their approach towards God. I have never been casual in my approach towards God. If you come close to me, you see that I'm a very intense person. Very, very intense. Very intense. I don't have any casual approach. I had to do a surgery and under three weeks, I was preaching. I think it... I, I'm, under three weeks, I was supposed to be up for about a, a month or six weeks. Under three weeks, I was teaching. And I've been teaching since. Amen. Praise God. I'm not, I'm not. I'm, 
God is a rewarder. And as I stood here and I began to preach, he began to reward me with health and wholeness. Am I complicated? I could have been lying down. And for one month, six months, I'm lying down. Oh, Papa, it shall be well. Papa, it shall be well. No, no, no. Praise God. Because your wishing me well will not make me well until he wishes me well. For I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. By you, when it rains, you won't come to church. Rain, just rain. You won't come to church. You won't come to church. And when something, something hits you, you want to go to Atria and in the cold, stay there and then God will come through. God doesn't work like that. He said, they that seek me, at least shall find me. If in the valley you can't see God, in the mountain you won't show up. Am I communicating here? He will show up. God is a rewarder. I've come too close to many near-death accidents that I shouldn't be here talking. But God will keep on rewarding. You see, when you are useful in an organization, nobody wants to sack you. Am I communicating here? When you are useful in an organization, do you know why your husband wants you out? Because you are giving him hell instead of heaven. Tomorrow, if they ask him, what do you want to do? He said, I want this woman dead. <laughs> oh, you think I'm joking? There are husbands who are like that. And there are wives who are actually praying that when their husband traveled his next trip, he won't come back. So that they will have some amount of peace. Because if they were not around, they, their lives, they feel their lives would have been better. If you are married and your wife feels like that, it's, a, it's almost like a curse on your life. Yeah, it's almost like a curse on your life. When you are married and your wife is weeping inside her. And you know it's because of something you have been doing consistently. She's drawing your attention to. He's drawing your attention to. And you are not minding. You are just destroying your life. It's a matter of time. It looks like you are getting well, but it's a matter of time. He said the heavens over you are closed. Your prayers are not ended. When your prayers are ended, where do you go? Yeah, because you see, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence come my help, my help. There is no human being who is strong enough that he does not need help from above. And our link for heaven's help is prayer. And the Bible says, when you create confusion in your home, your husband speaks, you don't listen. And yet, listen. No, no, God is a no-nonsense person. He's merciful, but his ways are superior. Operate in his ways, you are fine. Go outside his ways. And most of the calamities people face, eh, do you know that it's not God who that brings it on them? Dr. George, God doesn't bring it on any of them all. It is their own disobedience to the word of God. Their own disobedience. God says, go right. They say, I'll go left. I want to see what is left. I want to see. So you go there. God told Adam, especially. He said, don't eat it. The day you touch it, you will die. He said, ah, ah, how come all of these things? Let me just touch it. I mean, touch it small. What happens? That was how. And it's always been like that. Always been like that. Always consistently. Consistently. I've met people who speak sometimes as if their husband is hell. Their wife is hell. But the time I sit the people down and ask, you, you come to the same place. Those people want their husbands to change. But they don't want to do what God wants them to do. I've heard it too many times. Wives, husbands who want their wife to change, but they don't do what God tells them to do. My wife has not been giving me problems at all. For 11 years, by the grace of God. No, 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 no. No. Listen, me, I, I'm a realist. If she troubles me, I'll come and tell you. Pray against this woman. No, no, I'm a realist. Because if she, if, look at, just look at how far I've become. If I, 
listen. When you look at my life, even if you don't have eyes, may it be open now. When you look at me, do I look like somebody who is under pressure? Somebody who is disturbed? Somebody who is troubled? No. I'm a talker. I talk. That's what God called me to preach. Anything that disturbs, I will talk. I I preached many years ago and I said, if you are dying, you must die talking. If I'm dying, you are killing me, I won't kill me softly. No, I will shout, she's killing me. That's it. I'm no pretender. Praise God. And it's not because she's a perfect woman. It's not because I'm a perfect person. But we are crazily obedient to the word of God. Everything God says, that's what we do. Everything God says. Everything God says. What we are not doing is what we don't know. What we are not doing. Ask her whether we have gone to bed over an issue for 11 years. Whether we have, we have not spoken. One week we are not talking. Three days we are not talking. Even one day we are not talking. They are thinking it's the devil. Listen, your witch. You are the number one. You are your own enemy. Principal enemy. Principal enemy. Work with the word of God. And you'll be fine. Somebody say, God is a rewarder. We said, number one, God is a rewarder. Number two, God is not unjust. Number three, God is... He does not forget everything we are doing. God does not forget everything we are doing. Everything we are doing. Everything we are doing. Number six. Number three. Four. Sorry. Four. God. There are things God remembers and God rewards. Somebody say there are things. God rewards and God remembers. There are things God rewards and God remembers. Things. Specific things. Four ways. And I'll close with that. Four ways God reveals himself as a rewarder. Four ways. One, God reveals himself as a rewarder by what he says about himself. What he says about himself. Somebody say what he says about himself. What did God say about himself? He said he's a rewarder. He said if you are coming to me, among many things, know that I'm a merciful God, know that I'm a righteous God, know that I'm a holy God, but much more, see me as a rewarder. I reward people. And so if before you cannot come to, uh, what do you call it, uh, Mr. Shen, at the end of the month, and say, oh God, I've come for salary. When you have done no work for him. He may say, refer you to some psychiatry to check up on you. You can't do that. You can't. Why? Because you have not done any investment there. Some of us are looking for rewards from God when we have done nothing. Because reward is given. Salvation is free. But reward is giving a response for a duty well and excellently executed. That's how you, you don't reward people because they are human beings. No. Otherwise, everybody in, will be rewarded. Heaven, you don't earn, but rewards you earn. What does God say about himself? He told Abraham, he said, I am your shield and thy exceeding great reward. I'm thy shield. And I see the great reward. Go to number number two. So God says he's a rewarder. Number two is how God reveals himself as a rewarder, but how he rewarded the people who he related with in the Old and in the New Testament. Somebody say the Old and the New Testament. You can't go through the Bible and not see God as a rewarder. Whether Old Testament or New Testament, God is a rewarder. He rewards people. Right from the 
New Testament. Old Testament. The first man we see God reward, Cain and Abel. They brought the sacrifice. God said, as for Abel, I've accepted it. Gave him approval, uncommon approval. But the other one, he said, no, you can do whatever you want. God rewards. He told Abraham, get thee out of thy father's house. And when he got out, what did he do? He gave him a great name. He gave him what? He made him a great name. He said, get thee. Abraham obeyed God and left. Later on, he told him, take up your son, your only son. When he finished in the book of Genesis chapter 22, verse 16 to 18. Genesis 16, 20, uh, 22, verse 16 to 18. By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast what done, for thou hast done, and hast not withheld thy holy son, thy holy son for me. He said, verse 17, that in blessing I will bless. In multiplying I will. That's, that's God speaking. He said, this thing that you have done, they, they don't do this and get away. You have done this, I will do this. Most of the people who have done nothing, it's, not, it's most annoying when people have done nothing are demanding for rewards. They've done nothing. When you are helping people who have done nothing for you and they are not appreciative, there's nothing as painful as that. And sometimes the people who can be most ungrateful are people like that. People who are helped. They don't do anything. You didn't require them. But after you have helped them, sometimes those are the people who go out of their way to say all kinds of wicked things about you. Praise God. God rewarded Hezekiah with health and healing. In the book of Azar 38, verse 1 to 5. Azar chapter 38, verse 1 to 5. Can you be fast for me? New King James, please. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. Azar the prophet came and said, set your house in order, you are going to die. Verse 2, the Bible says, then Zikar turned his face toward the world and prayed to the Lord. Verse 3, he says, remember now. You remember God has records? And God is not forgetful. So he said, remember now, O Lord, I pray. How I have walked before you in truth with a lawyer. And I have done what is good in your sight. And Zikar wept bitterly. It's not prayer. It's not just praying. Prayer is praying with adequate credit in your account. Praise God. When your CV is rich, when you come before God, you don't shout much. When your CV is rich. If you are going to the bank for loan and you know your collateral is sound, you just hand it over and you cross your leg. In fact, sometimes you can even ask for tea. Because you know, you know, you know, be called to defend anything. When you see people going for visa interview and they are very jittery, it's because they are manner found what in the age. So all manner of things, criminal things are there. So they are very, very, and so the moment they appear before the consulate or the consular, the person can see from their face. Yeah. They see from their face because the anxiety is thick. Because from his name to his date of birth to the bank account, nothing is his. Everything has been adjusted. Am I communicating somebody here? That's it. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. His son, his own son, when he said, let this mind be you, Philippians 2, verse 5, let this mind be you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, Philippians 2, 5, 
who being in the form of God, thought no robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation, King James, and made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a man and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Look at verse 9. Wherefore, God also had highly exalted him. Highly. Giving him a name above every name. That the name of Jesus. God is a rewarder. Can somebody shout, God is a rewarder? If God was not a rewarder, we'd be wasting our time. Wasting our time coming to church, serving, coming for rehearsal. I mean, doing all kinds of things for God. Giving, we'll be wasting our time. Fasting, wasting our time. But thank God he's a rewarder. I said, thank God he's a rewarder. Thank God he's a rewarder. Number, number, okay. So, number three. But how Jesus rewarded people and promised amazing rewards for his followers. Did you know that Jesus rewarded people? Huh? Do, do you know Jesus rewarded people? You don't know? Ask Peter. The last time he wanted to stand on a, this thing to preach. And Peter was close by with his boat. He said, can I have your boat? Peter handed it over. He used it. When he finished, he said, Peter, uh, cast your net. He said, ah, I've been on this CEO since uh, the last two nights. I've caught nothing. He said, I'm about to reward you. So even if what you need is not there, I'll create it. You see, when you, you, you come to a place where you are due for rewards, God does not just give you what is available. He creates things for you. Praise God. You heard my daughter's testimony, uh, Alice. How they created a new position in a place of work just for her. When she shared the testimony, how many of you heard it? Consistent. Has been always around. And from nowhere, they created a management position for her. Nobody. Graduate, no masters. I don't know whether, where, where is she? She's got no masters. And with your masters and PhD, you're still struggling. God is a rewarder. Can somebody say God is a rewarder? Jesus rewarded people. Why did many people die when Jesus was around? He didn't raise many of them up. Lazarus had to be risen because that's where he used to go and eat. That's why he went there. Martha was really concerned. He said, ah, why do you leave us like that? And when he stood there, there's no place Jesus wept except on the tomb of Lazarus. He wept. He said, come forth. He came forth. There was a man by the name of a Roman centurion. And the Bible says, that man built a synagogue. And they came to him and said, Jesus, we need somebody. This man is go to first uh, uh, Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 quickly. I'm showing because you see, when you see Jesus reward, Luke chapter 7 verse 1, the message version. When he concluded all these sayings, he entered. Go to verse 2. He said, verse 2, a Roman captain had a servant who was on his deathbed. And prized him highly and didn't want to lose him. Now look, this is a servant. It's not a son. It's not a wife. This is a servant. He wants him alive. And then, verse 3. This man, he didn't have access to Jesus. He sent. He sent the leaders to go and ask for Jesus to come and heal. Go to verse 4. And they came. They came to Jesus and urged him to do it. And saying, he deserves, he deserves it. He deserves it. Do it for this man. The Bible said, then Jesus went with them. He didn't ask any questions. Verse 5. He didn't, there were people who came to Jesus. Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, the person needs healing. You can see some of the people, you could see that he needed. 
Blind Bartimaeus, everybody knew that blind Bartimaeus was blind Bartimaeus. In fact, the moment you hear his name, you know that he's a blind man. Jesus said, what do you want me to do? But this guy, the moment they said, he has built, he loves our nation, he has built us a synagogue. He said, oh yeah, let's go. Let's go, because God is a rewarder. But you are thinking you are smart. Oh, me, I won't give my money to church. Why should I waste my money? Listen, you call it a waste. Wait until some strange sickness begins to waste your body. That's when you know how useless you and your money are. Am I communicating somebody here? Waste! Wait! Haven't you seen a very beautiful woman who has been wasted? Her breast has been wasted by cancer? You've not seen one before, eh? Wait! And by the way, what is it that you have that God didn't give you? That money that has made you so arrogant and you can talk low or pastors talk whatever you want. Where did you get it from? The reason why you even have life and you can talk that arrogantly is because you have life. But if that breath you have was extinguished, if they seize your breath or your throat in the next minute, we will see some useless guy will just be dishing your money using it on girls. Am I communicating here? Just humble yourself. God is a rewarder. Somebody say God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. Look, Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. I'll close with that. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Peter tried an anger. <laughs> we left everything and followed you. Now, this, when you go home, I don't have time, so I will just encourage you to go and read it from verse, let me see where you will get a better understanding of this test. Okay, so when you go, start reading it from verse 17. Verse 17, and you read it all the way down, verse 17. Verse 17. Because in verse 17, a certain man came to Jesus, a very rich man, and he told him he wanted to be saved. Jesus said, Keep, you know the commandments, I have kept all of them. He said, all right. Then go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. The man could not do it because what he had, he felt was too much. Then... Uh, Jesus said, how hard it is for rich people to enter into the kingdom. Then Peter, oh, I like Peter. Peter is a good man. Peter is a very good man. Peter, he said, uh, then they say, hey, if you are speaking like this, then it is very, very difficult. To. Then Jesus said, with men, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter tried another angle. And this angle, he wanted to trick Jesus. He said, we have left everything and we have followed you. Because you see, this man, he couldn't leave the things he has. But we have left everything and we have come to follow you. <laughs> so as we are following, uh, are you saying that we won't get anything? <laughs> yeah, because he said, it's difficult for rich people to enter heaven. So Jesus, this thing, this following, you are going to make us poor, eh? That's what Peter was asking. And Jesus began to answer him. It's amazing. That's why I hate it when unbelievers want, want us to believe that if you are a Christian, you must be poor. If you are a pastor, you must be poor. If you are a Christian, you must be poor. You, they don't know the Bible. And you who know it must tell them and leave it out. Praise God. The person who needs to have money is not the unbeliever. It's the Christian. It's the Christian. The best person to have money is the Christian. Do you imagine? Can you imagine how much transformation MTN could bring to the world difference it could make if the owner of MTN was using his money to sponsor crusades. I'm sure by now all the Arab nations would have been rich for the Lord. Would have been rich easily for the Lord. Building churches. Every second they make millions. Where does it go? Uh, Bantama Street Dance. 
beauty pageants. A place, things, events that will make people become even more imbecilic and demonized. That's what they use their money for. And when you, you don't even have much. It's just 100 Ghana as tight. 400 Ghana as tight. And when you are bringing that one to, you are complaining. How can the assignment be carried out? He said, we've left everything and followed you. And go to verse 29. My time is running today. He said, mark my words. Somebody say, mark my words. When somebody is like, I swear. Mark my words. No one who sacrifices house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, and children. Learn whatever because of me and the message. Go verse 30. Mark my words. We'll lose out. They will get all back. But many multiply, but multiply many times. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and land, but also in troubles. And I'll show you the trouble. The trouble, the trouble is unbelievers coming against us. Yeah. When a Christian drives a nice car, it's not good. And now, why wouldn't you use your money for the poor? But you, the unbeliever, have you given your money to the poor? <laughs> Praise God. When the pastor has a nice car, ah, are there poor, I don't know poor people in the church. How come the pastor is driving this car? You too, you have seen the poor people in the church. Why haven't you given your car for them? <laughs> Am I communicating here? It's the same thing. It's a poor mindset. Very demonized mindset. He says, and then the bonus is eternal life. Somebody say eternal life is a bonus. Life. Why somebody say the bonus is eternal life? <laughs> and unfortunately, a lot of people are focused on the bonus. All they are following God for is eternal life. The bonus. The bonus. And they've neglected the substance. You see, the reason why when God gives, uh, saves you, he does not rapture you, is because he has business on earth for you to take care of it. And that business cannot be managed in poverty. Am I communicating here? It cannot be managed in poverty. Nobody does anything significant with poverty. There's no way anything significant, beautiful, and glorious that is done with poverty. Am I communicating? That's the way. God is a rewarder. This is Jesus speaking. He said, anybody who gives anything, and he was talking about valuable things, not just, just things. When you are giving 100 cities tight, you are complaining. Somebody gives house. Left wives. Precious sacrifices. You have not given a house before. You have not given a car before. You have not given this thing. It's just uh, 10 cities. You better shut up. <laughs> Nothing you give ever goes unrewarded. Praise God. Let this be your orientation. I close. God is a rewarder. Somebody say God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. This is going to be a long series because you, your orientation needs to be well. I've seen people do things in the house of God. And the way, when they are, see the way they do it, it just, I, sometimes I'm like, if they stop it, it will be better. Yeah, because the way you are doing, that's not how you secure rewards from God. Praise God. Even in me as your pastor, if I'm not head over heels with what you are doing, it takes a lot to impress God. Though. You don't think so? You don't know. God, it takes a lot. Some of you, you think that my standards are too high. Some people find me very difficult. I have not really raised my standards. And in fact, if you are not very close to me, you don't really know my standards. Because what I demand from those who are closer to me is higher than those of you who are far off. And much more, what I demand of myself. What I demand of myself is way higher than whatever demand I can put on anybody. 
Praise God. If you can't meet the standards of your pastor, then you are far from God's standards. David said, if God is to mark, nobody can stand. That's how high his standards are. Nobody can stand it. So seek to serve and then do it properly. That's how you assess the reward. Next week, the series continues. Welcome into November. Put your hands together for the Lord. Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fuakwa, please call 540 or 204 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanaama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumasi, Ghana. God richly bless you. Oh,